0: That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. Petrol or electric? Petrol or electric? Why choose? Petrol and electric. Discover the BMW plug-in hybrid range. Visit your BMW retailer or find out more at
1: bmw.ie. Sometimes electric, always BMW. It's Friday, July the 9th, and you're very welcome to the Inside Politics podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan, and you're very welcome to this special podcast. I'm joined by my colleagues, Pat Leahy, Cormac McQuinn and Harry McGee. They're all at the count in the RDS for the dublin Bay South by-election. We've had a couple of counts, and I think, Harry, it's pretty clear what the result
2: is going to be. Hugh, it's been pretty clear since uh, nine or half nine this morning which direction this has been going. And even before the first count began, we kind of knew what the result was going to be. I mean, Ivana Bacic was always a slight favourite, but as events transpired this morning and as the tallies continued, it became quite evident that this was going to be a very clear, if not emphatic, victory for her. Uh, The narrative in the run-up to today was that perhaps James Gagan would top the poll uh, with Ivana Bacic close behind, close enough behind perhaps to overtake him in subsequent counts. But as things transpired, uh, she just ran ahead and topped the poll uh, with a comfortable thousand plus votes to spare over James Gagan. And once she was ahead in count one, I mean, the script was essentially written. Uh, she is going to extend that gap in each subsequent uh, count. And uh, it was evident that she was going to essentially coast home for what will be a very important victory. Uh, for the Labour Party. So James Gagan finished in second place. He's on about 26% of the vote compared to Ivana Bacic, who got 30% of the vote. Uh, disappointing day for Fine Gael. Behind that, uh, Sinn Féin, uh, kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, Lynn Boylan got 16% uh, of the vote, 15%, 16% of the vote, a little bit behind what they got in the general election, uh, but enough to shore up support and essentially copperfasten their chances of winning a seat in this constituency, which is not natural Sinn Féin territory in the next election. Uh, Fianna Fáil will be acutely disappointed, and that's being very euphemistic about it with the result. Its candidate, Gerard Conroy, only got 5%, a fall of... Uh, of of 9% uh, from its general election showing of 14%. Uh, in, in addition to that, uh, it has implications not only for party leader Micheál Martin, uh, but also for the putative next leader of the party, the person who's been talked about as a possible successor, Jim O'Callaghan, who is the director of elections. And it does spell bad news for Fianna Fáil. And the Green Party uh, will also be very disappointed uh, with its uh, showing uh, Eamon Ryan got 22% of first preferences in the general election in 2020. Its candidate, Claire Byrne, who it was generally felt put in a very strong performance in debates, especially in the last week of the campaign, uh, will be disappointed uh, with only 8% of the vote. And again, uncomfortable questions will be asked in relation to party direction, strategy, and perhaps the authority of the leader, uh, Eamon Ryan. But it's evidence that if there was a kind of a centre-ground vote, uh, that might have voted Fianna Fáil or the Greens in the last elections uh, 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 on the chance, as it were, it seems that that centre ground has very much shifted, for this by-election at least, in the direction of Ivana Báčík and Labour. And Cormac,
1: let's look first of all at Ivana Báčík as the winner, uh, very clear result. As, as Harry pointed out in the analysis which went up on irishtimes.com a couple of hours ago, really the best day for Labour probably in 10 years of elections because they've had a very long, very miserable run of it.
3: Yes, they have definitely. And speaking to Labour people, they they are not shy about acknowledging that they they have had challenging times since they were seen to be part of of what has been branded the austerity years and the difficult decisions that were taken at that time. But but with Ivana Batrick they had a candidate who was essentially the, the the right person to run in the in the right constituency at the right time. You know, she she can point to her her quite long track record. She's a four-term senator in that in that. Uh, bastion of Dublin Bay South, an institution Trinity College it's a constituency that that while yes there is a strong Fine Gael, uh, presence a strong Fine Gael support there has also traditionally been a strong Labour vote we, we of course had Rory Quinn a former leader uh, here and then at the right time I think Labour is at the point where they may be just enough years away from from their time in government that the, the people who were upset about uh, how how things went during during those years at the Fine Gael coalition um, might be beginning to forgive them. Now, we shouldn't read too much into it, you know, uh, she, she's obviously gotten a great share of the first preferences with, with 30%, but but that is actually 10 times the, the level of support that Labour has had nationally uh, in, in recent opinion polls, and and there's no guarantee that, that the success here, while a big morale boost for, for people in the party will translate into to votes in, in rural areas particularly, uh, but in, in any way you know, to return to the to the glory days of, of Eamon Gilmore where where they were they were talking of him as a potential Taoiseach. That we're a long way from that yet.
1: So, Pat, we were talking in Wednesday's podcast about by-elections and whether they actually mattered or not in terms of what they told us about what was going to happen. I don't expect to see Labour getting 30% of the vote at the next uh, at the next general election, but this probably does at least put Labour in a good position to retain the seat when it comes to a general election and presumably helps in terms of enthusing the party faithful as well. Yeah,
0: it's so long ago, Hugh, I can't barely remember what we talked about, you know. But uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. Um, this is a, you know, a very big vote for Ivana Bacic today. She's a candidate that's almost kind of tailor-made for this constituency in many ways. And it's noticeable that her, while she was winning votes right across the constituency, um, her strongest parts were those kind of middle-class liberal parts of the uh, of the constituency, rather than the old... Uh, working-class areas of the constituency, which used to be, in days gone by, something of a stronghold for Labour, and, but which have now been colonised by Sinn Féin, and that's where we see the Sinn Féin vote at its strongest uh, today. Um, you would expect, I mean, looking forward, it's always dangerous to extrapolate anything from a by-election to a general election result, but you can look at facts on the ground or boots on the ground, and you would say that uh, Ivana Bacic will be odds-on to hold on to this seat in her uh, when she uh, uh, if she runs as she certainly will in the next uh, in the next general election you would think also that there should be on the basis of today's numbers there should be a general election seat for Fina Gael remember Fina Gael in this traditional stronghold, now has no TD in this constituency. But I would be willing to uh, enter a small wager that there will be a Fina TD here after the next election, most likely that will be James Gagan. So what does that mean? That's five into four. It puts Eamon Ryan, Jim O'Callaghan and, uh, and Sinn Féin's Chris Andrews uh, fighting it out for, uh, for two seats. So one of the results of this by-election that we can say, I think, with some confidence is that it turns Dublin Bay South into something of a group of death at the next uh, general
1: election. And in that group of deaths, which, uh, which, which Pat describes there, Harry, Sinn Féin seemed pretty well placed to survive don't they because what happened was they, they, they outperformed the numbers which they had in our constituency poll last week which showed them at about 13% Lynn Boylan came in just under 16% which is really not very far away from what they got
2: in the general election Well Hugh as Pat might have pointed out if he were still speaking uh, the margin of error for the opinion poll was plus or minus I think 4% or 4.4% so I, I think Lynn Boylan's result is within the margin of error albeit a couple of percentage points ahead. Certainly the vote came out for the party in its traditionally strong areas of Pier Street, Inner City, uh, Ringsend, and Irish town, and clusters around uh, Rathmines, uh, where the party has traditionally uh, been strong. So while she is three percentage uh, points shy of Chris Andrews' performance in the 2020 election, she was was a candidate who was not of the constituency, who was kind of essentially parachuted in uh, to stand in this by-election. So as such, the party will be relatively uh, uh, comfortable uh, with the results. It seems to have shored up its support uh, and put it in a good place uh, to consolidate uh, its seat here. Uh, and um, I, I think there are very few people who would not predict uh, Sinn Féin getting a seat uh, after the next general uh, election. There is a Sinn Féin base there. The fact that it wasn't Chris Andrews, that it was Lynn Boylan uh, uh, shows that there is a Sinn Féin brand uh, that can withstand uh, the pressures of other parties for the next election. So, Cormac, what strikes me
1: about that is that Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil were each faced with a similar task. They were both unlikely to be in the final mix for the seat, but they were seeking to maintain their previous level of support in the constituency and not to, you know, not to cause any catastrophes. Sinn Féin succeeded in that mission. Fianna Fáil appeared to have badly failed.
3: Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. It is a a very poor result for for Fianna Fail, and Jim O'Callaghan didn't mince words about that when he when he spoke to reporters as as he arrived at the candidate Deirdre Conroy. He said he was disappointed. The 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 party the membership is disappointed. The parliamentary party is disappointed. You know, massive disappointment, and you know, that that is. It's 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 a long way from from where Fianna Fáil was in the past, even in even in Dublin, and it's very difficult to see how they regain the support levels that they once had in, in the capital. Uh, you know, from from where they're at at the at the moment, um, it it will I suppose inevitably lead to more uh, whispers about about Micheál Martin's leadership. It's it, you know that's nothing like an election result to to get the ball rolling and those things again, but it is it is no doubt you know a very, very poor result for Fianna Fáil.
1: Yeah, because, Pat, I mean, I could see the Green Party, for example, rationalising that some of their members drifted over to Ivana Bacic, particularly then when she was clearly the you know the the non-Finegale contender in this constituency, that there was a kind of a centre-right liberal vote that found Bacic acceptable and that Eamon Ryan has a has a brand in the constituency and a strength um, to retain that seat. But in that death match you were talking about earlier, Fianna Fáil looked look worst placed to uh, to win out in it.
0: Yeah, um, look, there, there's no sugarcoating it. It's a really, it's a really troubling result I think for Fianna Fáil. Nobody expected Fianna Fáil to win the seat but you would expect a political machine like Fianna Fáil to be able to find a good candidate and run a strong campaign in every constituency. Now, this is one of Fianna Fáil's poorer constituencies in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of vote numbers nationally. But at the same time, you would have expected them to do a lot better. And I think the party organization would have expected them to do uh, a lot better, and I think this result will sort of reverberate throughout the throughout the party organisation about the state of the political machine, and that's important to the party membership. Um, you know, when you you know when you think of how by elections were a sort of Fianna Fáil, part of phenophall lore in the past, where. People would descend from all over the country to uh, to run by-elections in individual constituencies. And instead, now we see a total collapse in uh, in the vote in this constituency, a really high-profile constituency. Taoiseach was out canvassing several nights. Mi- uh, ministers were out, parties' TDs were out. Just didn't get off the ground at all. And, uh, you know, the only thing one would say is, you know... Had this been, had this occurred in a different constituency, other than that of the presumed challenger to Michal Martin, then I think the fallout might be slightly different. But the fact that it is Jim O'Callaghan's constituency and that he was director of elections may blunt any, um, you know, may blunt some of the consequences for
2: Hall Martin.
1: How much of this, of, of all these results, Harry, is due to candidate selection? Um, some parties seem to have made a better fist of that than others.
2: Oh, that's for sure, Hugh. Uh, there's no doubt uh, about that. And the podcast last week, Professor Gary Murphy was talking about the importance of candidate selection as it pertains to by-elections. And we could see some very good examples uh, of it here and some very bad examples as well uh, if you look at it from a, from a, from a particular perspective. But uh, as Pat uh, was uh, alluding to earlier on, I think the Labour Party was very astute in its candidate selection. Ivana Bacic seemed tailor-made uh, for this constituency. She lives here. Uh, she there was a solid Labour Party base, but uh, because of her track record in terms of social justice issues and also in terms of uh, reform and equality, uh, she really tapped into to a very large uh, uh, base of potential voters. Uh, not only in in traditional Labour Party areas and working-class areas as such, uh, but also uh, amongst the middle-class people who would have supported Labour Party in the past, uh, who bought into uh, her particular candidacy. And uh, from from the very beginning, despite the low showing of Labour in the the ratings, Ivana Bacic was always considered uh, to be one of those uh, with a very strong chance in terms of the final outcome. For other parties... Uh, it was more uh, difficult. Lynn Boylan was brought in from outside. I think the party didn't have a huge embarrassment of riches when it came to candidate selection within the constituency. It was always going to be a long shot for it, given the profile of the constituency. And she performed relatively well in the circumstances. The Green Party, it was Clara Byrne versus Hazel Chew. I I think that even if Hazel Chew had run, she might have done a little bit better. Uh, But um, I think that Ivana Batrick would have stolen her thunder in terms of taking the votes uh, from the pool that both might have been uh, uh, fishing in. And then for Fianna Fáil, uh, Gerard Conroy, uh, Jim O'Callaghan made the point is that she's the only person who really put her hand up and Fianna Fáil didn't have a huge choice either uh, when it came to candidate selection. And Deirdre Conroy struggled during the campaign. I think she was very nervous in some of her media appearances and seemed to have difficulty in terms of rounding her thoughts and articulating her views. And I think that that was perhaps reflected in, in, the, in the showing. But I think there's a wider difficulty in relation to uh, uh, Fianna Fáil in terms of what the party stands for. I think it's having difficulty articulating what it stands for and who it represents and what it represents anymore And I think that that is manifested in its very poor showing uh, in the election. I think candidate selection pays a part of it, uh, but I think the problems for Fianna Fáil are wider and more fundamental than that.
1: And in relation to Fine Gael Cormac, I see quite a lot of people on social media today saying that the result might have been different if it had selected former TD Kate O'Connell. I'm not so sure about that myself, but it is interesting to look at the where Labour was strongest in the constituency. Some of it was near her, her uh, Ivana Bajic's own home turf of Portobello, but a lot of it was in the west and the southwest of this constituency, which was the heartland of Kate O'Connell previously.
3: Sure, I mean, she was the candidate in the election that wasn't the candidate in the election. Um, it's, it's hard to know if if Miguel would have been more successful had they, had they run Kate O'Connell, uh, you know, and had, had bridges been built in, in relation to her relationship with the, the leadership and all of that prior to the election. Uh, certainly, her name did come up on doors, even on canvases I was out with. I was out with Labour, I was out with the Greens and, and uh, there, there were Fine Gael people who were saying they were considering voting for uh, for for other candidates, particularly Ivana Batchik, uh given that Kate O'Connell wasn't on the ticket. Now, I will also say though that uh, Finnegall are taking some heart from the, the fact that they have. I suppose they've really, they've more or less gotten their core vote in Dublin base out. I mean they they haven't they haven't done too badly in that sense. Their their argument is that they got their core vote. Sinn Fein got their core vote here, and Ivana Batchuk hoovered, hoovered up everything else. Uh, which you know there might be an element of truth to that. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's. Candidate selection, and you'd have to think that if if Kate O'Connell had been running, you know, she she would have she'd better name recognition than James, uh, Gagan. She she did missed out narrowly enough in the in the last uh, general election. You know, she probably had a, a better a better chance, but whether she would have had enough uh, of uh, a chance to, to defeat uh, Ivana Bacic on a day that she's performed really really well is 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 an open question. And Pat, even
1: apart from individual party affiliations, presumably, you know, the members of the government parties, the Greens, uh, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, will be looking at this. This was a, a strong supporter of these three parties at the last election. I think somewhere north of 65% of the vote went to those three parties. Now that's down to about 40%. Is that just a by-election phenomenon on a low turnout, or is it perhaps warning bells for the government parties?
0: I mean, I'm not sure I would read all that much into it, Um you know, this is a constituency. If you look at some of the polling that we did, there's still pretty supportive of the government. It thinks that the government is doing a reasonably good job. And Ivana Bacic herself, you know, in her final message to voters, was saying, you know, this isn't about changing the government. This is about sending a message to the government about the need to change on particular policies. So if this was a vote for change, it's a vote for a very... Very gentle, barely perceptible change. I suspect, um, uh, you know, in in, in in terms of what the in terms of what the government looks like. Um, you know, uh, I you know I think when you come to questions like this, this is the point at which we need to be careful about extrapolating too much from an individual result that is based around particular candidates at uh, at a point in time. I think there are messages. Here for, um, you know, for, for the parties. There, it does tell us things more broadly about our politics. For instance, it does tell us that there is a room for an opposition that is less, uh, perhaps less radical uh, in its um, in its in its policy propositions than, than Sinn Féin's is. There's a sort of a middle-of-the-road opposition to the government that there is a public appetite for, and that, I think, is the message, uh, that, that uh, one of the, the principal messages I would take out of this.
1: Harry, I'm going to give you the last word because you're the one who has ruminated most, I think it's fair to say, in the last couple of weeks about how much by-elections actually mean, and if they do mean anything, what is it they mean. So... Tell us what this means.
2: Yeah, uh, by-elections are mostly consigned to the footnotes of political history. And uh, like we political commentators and politicians make a big deal of them at the moment they're happening. But as time passes, uh, they recede not only in memory, but they also recede in terms of of importance. Having said that, I mean, by-elections have determined the outcome of leaderships in party. Jack Lynch lost his leadership of Fianna Fáil on the back of two very Poor by-elections in late 1979 and they've also buttressed the leadership uh, within uh, political uh, parties. So I think that if you look at the impact of this it's not really about changing the government or as Mary Lou Macdonald said that you know people want a change of government they don't and I think Ivana Bacic was probably more correct in terms of her uh, analysis but it does tell us several things about the state of parties as they are now And those parties that need to address fundamental issues, like Fianna Fáil, uh, perhaps Fianna Gael, perhaps the Green Party, in relation to direction, strategy and messaging. I think from a Labour Party perspective, this uh, uh, election has been huge. As you were pointing out at the start, uh, it's the first uh, thing that they've had to cheer about in a decade. They have been in Coventry, in Perda, wearing sackcloth and ashes. And finally, they can cast away that and they can present themselves as a, 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 a player in terms of opposition politics, maybe separate themselves from those who are running behind uh, Sinn Féin. I don't want to make too much of it because, you know, it, it, it'll give them a boost for a while. It's not permanent. It's something that will give them a bit of an impetus, but it certainly will be big for the Labour Party as a morale booster, as perhaps uh, a, 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 a kickstart Uh, for the party trying to revive its fortunes after 10 years of decline. And um, There you have it. We shall leave it there. I should say that the count is not completed. I think
1: we're somewhere between about count four and count five at the moment, but I don't think there's any doubt at all about the result. And that result is a significant victory for Ivana Bacic and Labour. Thanks to Pat and to Cormac and to Harry for joining us uh, this evening. Thanks also to our producer, Jennifer Ryan, and our engineer, JJ Vernon. We will be back very soon. You can mail us at politicspodcasts at irishtimes.com. Until the next time, have a great weekend.